back. Yeah, back again. Um, I think I might actually be slightly early this week. Um, well, I can't actually, I can't remember what day last week I recorded the podcast. Days have no meaning anymore. Um, I'm still on jury duty. I think I, I think I mentioned that last week. Um, the trial finally got started. Um, after several delays of legal wranglings, um. As I said as well previously, I can't actually discuss the case um, for obvious reasons, so I'm definitely not going to talk about it on a podcast. But um, yeah, it's grim. It's grim. And um, unfortunately, there is no smoking bullet, smoking gun, smoking bullet, smoking gun. That's the term of phrase, isn't it? As to which way us, the members of the jury, should be leaning um, thus far. But it's due to continue anyway. Um, apparently, we're going to be going for at least until the end of next week. Um, as far as I'm aware, all of the Irish court uh, and legal services, whatever the correct terminology is, um, they all go on their summer break as of the 1st of August. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, you don't care about any of that because um, it's got nothing to do with cars um, other than... No. Oh, well, no. Is this, is, is this interesting? Outside the courthouse there today, there was a... There's an Ionic, an Ionic 5, um, which I personally think is, is one of the, the cooler electric vehicles on sale at the moment. Um, certainly for the, um, the common man, if you take away stuff like Porsche Taycans and such. Um, although I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not clued in as to how much an Ionic 5 costs. Um, probably pretty expensive because everything's expensive these days. But anyway, people only buy them on PCP. Um I'm totally getting off topic. Yeah, there was an Ionic Five guarded car, but fully, fully uh, uh, panned it up, a marked uh, guarded car, if you will, um, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, I don't know if that's news. I'm sure people have seen them before. Anyway, enough of that crap. Let's get on to the cars. Um, and I suppose the, um, the most prominent thing really that's happened since I last spoke to you was the Goodwood Festival of Speed. Or FOSS, as I've heard a few people refer to it as, um, which is terrible. I'm, when when did abbreviations? It's a very American thing, abbreviate making abbreviations of words and then making the abbreviation a word. Um, like FOSS, like I've heard it's something I didn't know of or or hear up until maybe like six or seven years ago but the like the world endurance championship people referring to it as WEC um which is also terrible i'm getting off topic again the goodwood festival of speed um we, we will refer to it as the festival of speed not foss happened at the, at the uh the weekend um well i think it's i think it initially starts on a, on a wednesday and then for well it's only gets open to the public on wednesday and then it goes thursday up until sunday although saturday's events were called off this year due to high winds um, they didn't want people's gazebos flying around killing people um, and apparently it's the first time in the history barring COVID um, that any of the Festival of Speed has been called off and this being the 30th anniversary of the Festival of Speed um, I would I would like to attend the Festival of Speed one year, I keep telling myself I'm going to do it and then uh, long finger it and um, all the good tickets get sold out um, so maybe I'll consider it next year um, I think I actually did sign up for uh, ticket alerts um, but if I could only pick one one of like the Goodwood events um, I'd take the revival over the, the Festival of Speed any day because um, it's 
proper competitive racing in all racing cars and old racing cars i think we all can agree are much more of a spectacle um than modern racing cars for one key reason well there's two reasons but one of the main reasons is uh they kind of the they hark back to the time where downforce really was a a black magic and um, that no one understood so um they don't really have any and uh shitty tire technology both of which um make for better uh and more uh, as, as a visual spectacle uh, better racing um because they go sideways rather than going in a straight line um and they're all able to follow each other um much more closely um because there's no such thing really as dirty air um for anyone who watches uh formula one you'll be familiar with that term um but yeah um if i could only go to one i'd go to the the revival but we're not talking about the revival right now we're talking about the festival of speed um so yeah i would like to go to the festival of speed and um, i'm going to a different festival in a couple of weeks um but i'll talk about that at a later date um so hopefully i'll have another podcast we'll have one yeah yeah i should be i should have one in me um before i go on that um so yeah the festival of speed what was there um there was lots of stuff there. I suppose the first thing, because again, this was, it was, uh, I might have even talked, did I talk about this last week? Apologies if I did, but anyway, the uh, the covers were taken off. Um, the the Lamborghini um, uh, World Endurance, not WEC, World Endurance Championship um, race car. Um, this is the first, the first uh, factory effort by um, Lamborghini to, uh, to compete in the world endurance championship there were some diablo gt1s and um, but i do believe they were privateers um and they wouldn't have been would they've been the top class at the time so it's a strange time because that would have been around the bpr here and i'm not going to go into the history of it this is there's been so many different categories uh, in world endurance racing um that's hard to keep track um because even like the year that the mclaren F1 won um, in that shot. Was it 95? Their, their, their shock win. Um, oh, there's a picture of that. Um, something I referred to before when I got pulled over by a guard uh, a couple of months ago. When was it? It definitely wasn't June. That's today's day, isn't it? No, June 19th? No. Anyway, yeah, I got pulled over by a guard um, for no reason. Um, and he gave me an, uh, an ear bending again for no reason. Um, and I have a screen grab of them from the dash cam which popped up on my on my monitor there in the background um, sorry off topic um, yeah so the, the Lamborghini uh, LM, it's an LMDH car so they're going down the route there's two so the, the hypercar class which is now the top class in World Endurance Championship um, there are two ways um, teams or manufacturers can enter um, there's two sets of regulations there's LMH and LMDH. LMH essentially is um, a manufacturer or team can design w- within within a, a a set of regulations, but they can they can do a ground up um, car chassis, drivetrain, uh, aerodynamics. Everything is 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 all, uh, as they wish again within the parameters of of regulations for the hypercar class. And the other option is LMDH which is um it, it's not a ground up design it, you have to use a spec chassis and i think the, the chassis are by delara arica 
there's, a, there's another one in there Dlara Orica the third one escapes me and um, they have to use um, a spec uh, battery hybrid system um, who are made by I know Williams Engineering is one of them um, sorry the, the the command factors escape me but anyway it's it's so your chassis and your and your hybrid element um is 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 spec um so then you can you can design the bodywork and they can design the combustion engine themselves but yeah chassis and hybrid system is is, is spec and i think they can only have their um electric gubbins on the rear axle whereas with lmd LM, sorry lmh um they can have they don't actually have to have any hybrid at all as far as i'm aware but they all do um they can put their hybrid system wherever they want although i think there is some restrictions on when the front axle can come into play i think it's only above 190 miles an hour sorry kilometers an hour um anyway i'm getting slightly off topic um so lamborghini are going down the, are going down the lmdh um route again i'm not i should have, should have looked all this stuff up i'm not sure who they're getting their chassis and so it's one of the three options. I'm going to just throw it out there and say it's Delara. I'm probably wrong. You can correct me or look it up yourself. Um, and then, um, but then they've done their own bodywork and they're using a, I think they're using a V8, um, which is odd because Lamborghini don't make a road going V8 um, currently. Um, and yeah, um, the only thing is that like, so like they're going LMDH. So far, it seems in the World Endurance Championship that the LMH option, so the ground up, do-it-yourself job, um, definitely seems to be the more competitive way. Um, Toyota have been dominating um, in this new hypercar era, basically because they've been in there. They never stopped competing in the World Endurance Championship in the old, what did they call the old um, formula? Prototypes? Oh, there was a name to it. That's like a bog down on that, but anyway, they when they went to switch to the hypercar formula, Toyota were there from the get go. It's only in the last, well, it's only this year actually. Um, some of the, some of their competitors have started coming in, Ferrari, Peugeot, etc., etc. There's a few. Um, they've been dominating mostly, but even then, like Le Mans again, we won't get into the details of balance performance, etc. Um, they you are know, Ferrari again. They they've gone down the LMH route, route trying the wrong car. They've been quite competitive. They've, you know, they've just been behind Toyota most of the races. They won Le Mans, and um, Peugeot again, who are LMH designed their own car. They've gone quite bold. They they've been using underfloor aerodynamics way more than anyone else to forego a rear wing. And I'm getting too bogged down in details here. Um, the LMH definitely seems to be the more more competitive option because if you take one of the most glaring um, reasons for that, that I'm saying this is like if you look at Porsche. Porsche have gone down LMDH. Um, now, also as well, like it's not any of the Porsches technically aren't factory cars. Um, so, like the there's the, the the closest one to the factory car is, is run by Jota or Jota, whichever you prefer. Um, but again, they're using spec chassis, spec um, hybrid gubbins, um, which seems odd. I, I, I'm 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 surprised Porsche went down that route because. Porsche have obviously a, a lot of electric vehicles currently available and there'll be more coming on song like more on that in a moment um that they that they 
they're not using their own technology using this as a as a as a uh you know the, as, as as a tradition using motorsports as, as the test bed um to trickle down into into road cars or also use it as a as a platform to to um to promote their uh their technologies on on a on a global scale but um yeah but like the, the porsche again also i was gonna say there's a hertz porsche car again a customer tar- car but anyway, none of the porsche um, LNBH cars have been, t- have been particularly competitive so far. Um, I'm getting a bit bogged down now. What I was going to say, Festival Speed, Lamborghini or anywhere going down this LNBH route. Um, funky looking car. It's good to see Lamborghini getting involved in, in top level motorsports. Like they've had their um, Super Trofeo one make series and they've done some GT3 stuff here and there, but they've never really in their. Geez, how old is, is how old is Lamborghini now? 70, 70 years old. They're seventy this year, weren't they? Nineteen sixty three. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Jeez, would people born sixty three be seventy now? I think they would, wouldn't they? Say forty. 40. No, if you're born nineteen sixty three, you'd be you'd be sixty this year. So maybe nineteen fifty. I don't know. Maths is not my strong point. I'm getting very off topic. Um, yeah, so anyway, the Lamborghini. Um, Lamborghini next year will be on the grid next year for the World Endurance Championship. They'll be at Le Mans. There'll be a whole plethora of people next year. BMW are going to be there, along with, you know, Toyota, Ferrari are over there, already there. Porsche, Peugeot, already there. Um, Cadillac, already there. Glickenhaus, Van Wall, which is odd. Um, who else have we got? Lamborghini, BMW, Lamborghini. I'm sure I'm forgetting someone, but... It's very, I think I read a stat. Um, there will be over thirty um, hypercars at Le Mans. Then that's, that'll just be the hypercar class. I think I possibly did I reason. I know LM, LMP three is gone. Um, but did I hear something that LMP two it will be disappearing as well? Oh, Alpine actually were. Alpine will have a hypercar next year as well. Um, I think well, no, I'm not. I'm not too sure. Don't quote me on the LMP2 thing. But anyway, it's going to be these thirty hypercars. There will be the GT AM cars, um, and I think maybe LMP2 is still a thing. I, again, don't quote me on that. I'll have to double check that. Um, well, I've rambled on for. Uh, well, have I done? I'm 14 minutes in, and I've literally said nothing. And um, what else was at the festival of speed? Um, obviously, there was a plethora of old racing cars, Formula One cars. GT cars, rally cars, mo- modern, old. That's the great thing about the Festival Speed. It's just it's such an eclectic array of new, old, racing, road concept, one-offs, just everything. Is everything there? Um, Vettel was there. Sebastian Vettel, who's always great to see because it's only been half a season, and we really do miss having Vettel around. Um, he's just a all-round top bloke um, that you just miss having around the Formula One grid. It was great that he's still kind of he's still um in the in the ether. He's still around doing odd odds odds and ends. Um hopefully we see more of him as time goes on. He's just he's only just beginning to 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 uh, pursue his post Formula One career. Um but anyway he was there at Festival Speed and he brought uh, Mansell's Red Five Williams and the nine twenty two FW I'm not good at at the at the Williams names. The nine twenty two championship winning Red Five Williams, and he also brought um, the nine twenty three McLaren MP four. Again, 
not good at the numbers. Um, but then on D3, McLaren, uh, oh, were they, were they forward at that point? Had they switched over to forward in 93? I think they had. Um, but the 93, Senna, McLaren, the one where he did that, what people argue as being the, the greatest opening lap to a Formula 1 race at the European Grand Prix, which was in Donington Park. Um, and so you had to do with them there, and he was running them on um, the sustainable fuel um, that he's harping on about. I don't know if it's some, a company he's invested in or not. Um, what's the what's the stuff that he has written on the side of the car? Race, race, not race to survive. Race. What does he have? I'm gonna have to look this up. Um, he has some. It's, it's race, race to sustain. It's something to do with the fuel. Um, Sebastian Vettel. Especially Vettel, Foz. No, we weren't. Festival of Speed. Festival of Speed. Um, oh, uh, Sebastian W. himself now a hair transplant. Um, race without trace. Yes, that's what it is. So they're, they're carbon neutral fuels. Um, which I'm all for. These carbon neutral fuels coming on song and these synthetic fuels um, being brought on, on song so we can all... Um, live in a future with the combustion engine people need to get over and and also stop kidding themselves that they are that they are carbon neutral and they are and they are completely you know these these are clean fuels they're not there is no such form be it battery electric be it hydrogen be it carbon neutral fuels whatever it is there's no there's no possible way for us to use a fuel for energy that won't create some form of emissions. It's just not possible. Um, we will be depleting some sort of resource and emitting something back into the atmosphere, which we shouldn't be doing. Um, until someone can invent uh, some sort of propulsion that either just sucks carbon in from the air and then farts out just pure oxygen um, or just runs on the air. And, and nothing comes out. Come, there's, there's no, which is it's just not possible. You can't. It's anyway. But um, these do you, they 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 do sequester carbon from the atmosphere and turn it into fuel. So it is a more sustainable way of fueling combustion engine cars. And if it's just for us few one percent that are weirdly obsessed with um, combustion powered cars, it'll have such a small impact on the world that we will barely notice so it was good to see him he you know he was out giving it the welly up the hill and he kept it between the hay bales which some people didn't which we'll get to in a moment and um, donuts bit of crack other f1 car and um, mick, mick schumacher was there in um the f no not the f the mercedes w so that would have been was it the w03 um, it's the 2011 no it's going to be the W2 because it came back in 2010 again don't anyway the 2011 Mercedes Formula 1 car that his owl lad uh, would have driven and he went up the hill in it um, wearing his dad's red the, the, the Mercedes helmet that he would have at the time it was very it may as well have been Schumacher Senior in the car I learned a tidbit actually. Mick, what? Who told? I always assumed 
that Mick Schumacher was Mick Schumacher because, you know, Mick being short for Michael. Um, and they just called him Mick because they didn't want to have Michael, Michael and Michael or Michael Jr. But someone told me it's because oh, there's, there's some other reason why he's called Mick. And now I can't remember. God damn it. Someone. Ah, Mick, Mick. What was it? There's a connection there. There's someone. Fuck. That's going to annoy me now. If I remember, I'll come back to that. But Mick is, Mick is called Mick for some other reason. Not because his dad's name was Michael. Um, yeah, he went up in the, in the in the Mercedes. Slightly cringe moment. I'm sure the, the British attendees and it being a kind of aristocratic British event were all for this. But I find it a little bit cringe. Um, a German driver in technically a German car. It's badger Mercedes, but it's built in England. Um, he pulled up, you know, at... at the kind of right in front of the house the kind of main spectator area where they do the dance and stuff and he stopped and there must have been a button on the steering wheel um, that allowed the engine map to to basically the revs uh, rang out to the theme of uh, God Save the King um, whatever speaking of uh, smashes um, so someone who has yet to be named um, I'm sure you can find out who it is I just haven't looked it up uh, was going up the hill in the prototype for the Hyundai Ionic 6N. So we've seen the Ionic 5N, which I'll get back to again in a minute. Um, in the 6N and Malcolm, which is the most infamous corner on that Goodwood Hill, um, which seems to catch people out, um, went straight on. Um, and I mean, obliterated. Um, like three deep worth of hay bales um and they are heavy thick hay bales um which is again look i'm not being a naysayer here to electric vehicles but there's no denying they have a lot of mass and uh this car wouldn't have been going at a million miles an hour at that point in the track um but my god did it destroy those hay bales uh no one was hurt but the car was a little bit worse for wear and it wasn't seen again for the rest of the weekend and there was a few few incidents um someone going up the hill in a uh, a porsche gt1 um a little bit of a, a a small snap of oversteer that they corrected um and the back end hit the hay bales and they took off the rear wing um and then there was that other i assumed it was a jag mark two um now ben ben collins ben collins is the stig isn't it ben you know the guy used to present the Formula One on the BBC. Is it Ben Collins Form F One comment commentator commentator? Ben, Jesus, this is why I don't look up stuff. While I, Ben Ben Edwards, Ben Collins is this thing, isn't he? Uh, ben Edwards kept referring to it as a Mark One. Um, I assumed it was a Mark Two. Um, but we won't get bogged down on that. Um, there was a guy, um, he pulled off the line. This may be why this happened, but he got a big, big, extended smoking burnout off the line in this in this jag. And then he's barreling along. And again, along that area in the front of the house, um, one of the rear wheels came off and barreled towards the crowd. Now, again, thankfully, no one was hurt, um, surprisingly. They almost ducked out of the way because not only did the wheel and tire go flying to 
towards the crowd but photographs have subsequently shown the whole um yeah disc and caliper of the braking system was still attached to the wheel so essentially the whole hub just came off and flew towards the crowd um not great not great um but there was a few, oh yeah there's a guy in, in you know the, the lark um liveried mclaren f1 uh would it be the would it, would it be a GTR LM anyway, um again Malcolm uh lost it um smacked the hay bales bit of damage to the front end again I'm sure being the values of those McLaren ones there'd be no harm in getting that fixed um someone was driving the Leighton House um F one car again don't call me on which year it was it's one of the Adrian Newey design ones um early nineties ninety one I think. Um, same corner, kind of same incident as the McLaren F1. Kind of just lost it, got into Malcolm and uh, stuck it in the hay bales and took out one of the rear corners. Um, again, I'm sure it will be fixed, um, being the value of an old 90s Formula 1 car designed by the most successful designer ever in Formula 1, actually, I believe, is uh, an accolade Adrian Newey now holds. Um, I think he, he alone, um, based on cars he's designed... Um, or at least being the head of the design team, um, I think he has two hundred race wins. To the old Adrian Newey. Uh, right, I'm really, really getting off topic here. Uh, what stuff was launched at at the festival speed? There was lots of things, so I'm not going to cover them all. Um, there was that Ineos Grenadier pickup thing, which I think I call a quartermaster. Which, yeah, if you're into that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, Porsche electric vehicles. I'm going to say. So there was the Porsche Vision three five seven. You can get the name. Obviously, it's it's what what they are trying to um, portray as the, the future three five six, um, which you can kind of see in the in the design language of this thing. It's like a futuristic version of a three five six speedster. Um, of course, it was all electric, as I kind of alluded to before I even started speaking about this. Um, it's got the running gear from that electric seven one eight Cayman. GT4 e performance thing which we saw last year, um, and again I, th- I think what they're doing here with this vision because obviously it's a concept it's not it's not something they're actually going to build although being Porsche you never know they might make five or six of them and sell them for a couple of million quid to a bunch of very very loyal Porsche customers um, but I think this is just a slight little teaser for us for the upcoming Boxster Cayman. Um, electric vehicles which are going to be um, the next batch that we get because um, the the current Cayman Boxer the, those are those are the uh, the last combustion ones we're going to get apparently um, but there very much will be if, if not exclusively there there will be an electric version of both of those um, when the current ones go out of production which is not that far away um, yes and um, Yes, Porsche electric vehicles. Obviously, the Taycan is is a very well received car, but as yet we haven't really seen a uh, a a, uh, a breathtaking electric sports car. Um, although, which was the first first time in the UK, I think the first time they've actually shown the interior of um, the MG Cybrister Cybrister Cybrister, which. They might, MG might be, they might, um, they might be uh, ahead of the game compared to most, because um, they're saying 
uh, that will be on sale. It being a two seater sports car, um, that will be on sale by next summer. Um, so be interested to see what that's like. Um, they don't have much to prove. Um, so even if it's only half decent, um, they'll have done a good job. Um, there was an aerial atom, a new aerial atom, um, the atom four or so the current atom is the atom four because it's the fourth generation. The four ore is like so it's the atom ore, which they've done ores before, just they're spiced up atoms. Um atoms. Turn out your pockets. Look at it. Atoms. Simpsons reference there. Um so it's a it's the Civic type ore engine still, and um, was being turned up to four hundred horsepower. Um in a car which I I'm I'm not sure what the weight is, but it's not much. Um so it probably equates to about fucking circa 700 horsepower per ton so it's got like f1 style um front wing and rear wing um it'll be batshit crazy um you can't help but love the atom um if i was in the in if i had the means to have something that was very very much just a toy i'd consider an atom um another british sports car um this time um, similar to MG, um, a revived uh, British sports car um, that's going to be electric powered. Um, a name I don't think anyone expected to return, but it's a, a Triumph. Uh, it's called the Triumph TR25. Um, I don't really know what the 25 refers to. Um, is it 25 years since their last was a Triumph? Surely it's been more than that. Anyway, um, BMW on the rights to um, the Triumph name they have done for many a moon. When they, I think they took it on when they scooped up all sorts of stuff, Rover, um, Rolls Royce, etc. Um, there's a sweep of old British marks. Um, so it's a one-off concept thing. It's kind of a I'm not sure if it's a, if it's a one-seater or two-seater because it has a kind of a, a tonneau cover over one side. So maybe you can. T- anyway, it's an electric. Sport. It looks it looks funky, and um, we'll say um, whether it's going to ever going to be a production thing. I have no idea. It, it's it's BMW have allowed a third party to use the name essentially, and um, it, it's made by some some small um, coach building EV startup. I, again, I should have researched this more. Um, but BMW have allowed to use the, the Triumph name and the TR name, and it uses BMW i3s. Running gear and batteries, etc. Um, so yeah, it's a funky looking thing. Um, check it out. Another electric sports car that was there, which I actually did mention in the last podcast, um, but I didn't realize it was going to be at the festive speed. The AIM. AIM do I still have my notes from last time? I don't think I do. AIM. What do I AIM EV zero one twenty five. It's a it's a lovely little thing designed by the guy who he was a. Uh, one of the designers um for nissan during the period of say like the nissan cube he, he was he designed the r35 nissan gtr said solid secret um but the aim again i might be getting the name wrong but the aim ev when it was there it's very lovely it's a pretty look looking thing um again if they, they, they this company aim and um, they are a motorsport company in japan um mostly doing combustion engines fettled um production versions of hondas and stuff like that but anyway um they've 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 designed their own electric motors and, and batteries so you'd have to assume that this will be put into production concept so far good looking thing check it out 
I mentioned it before. I shouldn't really be talking about it now. Um, other stuff. Um, the Lamborghini Revolto was there for people to look at. The Spectra, um, the Rolls Royce thing, stuff that we already all know about. And um, the INF5N was there, which has been, which was launched before the Festival of Speed. Um, which I think the, with a boost mode or something, it, it it's going to have 650 horsepower. And the Ionic 5N, which is you know the sporty version of the Hyundai Ionic 5, um, which is a lot of power for people have been referring to it as as a as the as a hot hatch and the first electric hot hatch. Calling an Ionic 5 hatchback is a bit of a stretch. Yes, it has a hatch at the back that opens, um, but like the dimension wise, it's it's this it's. Uh, a damn near down at the same length as a Porsche Macan. It's significantly wider than a Porsche Macan. Um, so like the Ionic Five, due to its clever styling, does look like a hatchback, but it is a small SUV. Um, so yeah, it's not a hot hatch. Um, I, like for people who've driven it, um, few people have got to drive the the prototype. The production version hasn't been given to anyone as yet to drive, but. I assume the prototype that journalists were allowed to drive in will be very similar to what is the, the finished product's going to be like. And they all said it's 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 a it's a very convincing sporty car. Um even Matt Pryor from Autocar, when he drove the ride, he actually he actually enjoyed driving it on the on the track more than he did on the road, which says a lot for a big hefty um EV. Um but some big bigger and like going back to that incident with the Ionic six N concept at Goodwood. 650 horsepower three probably sub three seconds not 60 time just being given to people that share the roads with us like in the end of the day someone like, with that much power and uh, like, has a funky drift mode as well which I'm sure you know you can just turn on whenever you like to let the back end get loose these are it's a huge mass of car with that much power for people just to go into a Hyundai dealership and get one on PCP without any formal training or warning as to how powerful and how much of like, like propelling that much mass in a road and then hitting your drift mode and swerving into a footpath. It doesn't have bear thinking about that. And battery fires are fucking crazy as it is. Anyway, look, I'm not, I'm, I'm trying not to be, uh, the big cynic naysayer of electric vehicles because it's too much of a cliche for us Ludites who love the combustion engine but it just all seems like too much for the common man like I know anyone you know with enough money and no skill can go in and buy you know a I don't know what would be a good example um, a career well she was talking to people about the Carrera GT or they're, they're a million and a half quid but anyway someone can go in someone with a million and a half quid anyone can go buy a Carrera GT um, which is a notoriously tricky car to drive um, at the limit um, you know it's claimed a couple of lives over the years um, and you know but I don't really know what I'm trying to say what I'm trying to say is that like is there a reason why like everyone like nobody needs 650 horsepower in a 
as I said, not a hatchback, but even in an SUV. I'll just stop talking about that now because it, it, it'd be it'd be very hypocrit- hypocritical of me to say that you know fast cars shouldn't be sold to people because obviously they should be. Um, I just think the EV push towards mega power is. I just get the feeling it's it's gonna have some nasty consequences at some point. Um, it's 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 just. There's going to be people who are going to get into a Ionic five, Ionic five N, and the most power they probably had behind, but available to them before driving such a car was probably at most two hundred horsepower, we'll say, um, which came in on in a linear way. Probably didn't make that peak power until you know at best the middle of the rev range, um, and now they're going to go and get into these cars with 650 horsepower, which will be available from the get-go. And I just feel it's it's a recipe for disaster. Um, I'm here, Chris, sorry. Um, enough talking about the Ionic 5N. Uh, what else was said was there, the Di- Diablo Eccentrica, um, which is a resto mod of a Diablo, which seems, maybe just because I'm old, Seems a bit soon to be doing a resto mod of the Diablo to me. I know the Diablo is now with the Revolto would be one, two, three generations ago now. Revolto, Aventador, uh, Murcielago, Diablo. Yeah, I'm getting that right, am I? Um, yeah, I know they came out in the in the in the early nineties, but. They're one point two million quid. It, and admittedly, it, it's a cool looking thing. It's kind of you know that retro, what's kitsch right now, like retro eighties styling, modernized, you know, to make it twenty first century. You know what I'm trying to say, like Ionic Five kind of, and the, that Porsche nine two eight resto mod that we saw a couple of years ago. That kind of vibe. Um, yeah, great looking car, but. It's one point two million quid, and I again I don't have the figures in front of me, but I'm pretty sure you could get a Diablo GT, the last the run out the six liter, um, the coolest of the GTs. Any Diablo, the Diablos are cool. Just putting that out there. I know Lamborghinis are a bit brash. Um, I'm not sure if I don't any Lamborghini anyway, but look, I know these are just dick swinging. I've got a rare, most expensive version. Uh, car is essentially what wrestler mods are becoming these days um, but I don't know if I just feel like I'd I'd buy the best Diablo GT I could get and probably have a shitload of change rather than spending 1.2 million quid on a Diablo Accenture but who am I to say people are going to buy them and I'm not against wrestler mods um, there's a balance that has to be struck with them I think some people go too far Um and again, as I say, I think some of them are now on the verge of just becoming, I've got the most expensive, rarest version of something, but I don't really, because it's not, it's not an original. It's, it's like one of those like really expensive diamonds that aren't real diamonds. Um, whatever. I'm going off topic again. Um, 
I'll start wrapping this up uh, pretty soon because how long have I been rambling on? And I've really said nothing as usual. Um, I'm 40 minutes in, for fuck's sake. Um, someday, at some point, the quality of these will, will improve, I promise. Um, what else What else was at Festival of Speed that I haven't talked about yet? Um, I suppose the last thing I'll talk about is the the Solace GT, the McLaren's, McLaren Solace GT, um, which was the fastest thing up the hill. Um the, the McMurtry, for some reason, the McMurtry, the Spearling, is it McMurtry Spearling or is it the Spearling? No, it's the McMurtry Spearling. The, the electric suction thing, you're you're all aware, but the thing that went up the hill last year, and I think it did a run of, I think it was 38 seconds, which is batshit crazy. Um, it, wasn't a, it wasn't allowed to do a time run this year, I think, as far as I'm aware. It was there, but just pure demo run, smoking up its tires and stuff. So anyway, it wasn't in the running for the for the the shootout for the, the fastest time up the hill, um, but the car that did get the fastest time up the hill this year was the McLaren Solace GT. If you're not aware of that, it's a it. So the you know Vision Gran Turismo, where manufacturers make these hypothetical um, cars for Gran Turismo. Well, then they turn around and decide to make a real one. Now the one in the game is actually a V8. The one that they've built for real, um, they're not making many of them. They're, again, it's, it's a ridiculously priced uh, track-only car for the 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 point one percent. Um, but this is a, it's a cool thing. It's a you know fighter jet cockpit inboard suspension F one style um, single seater aero jazzery. Um, track car um, but instead of the V8 in the game they decided to stick in a 5.2 litre V10 which sounds absolutely glorious don't know where the V10 came from because again McLaren don't make a V10 although McLaren although technically McLaren do design their own engines I think but Ricardo build them or could be the other way around um, I'm not sure yeah, I'm not sure where that V10 came from um, which, again, I should look that up but anyway, it was the fastest thing up the hill I think it did it in 45 seconds which is what seven seconds slower than McMurtry did it last year, um, which is a lot in in what is a very short track, uh, but you know they'll flag wave for combustion engines even if they are seven seconds slower than an electric car. But that McMurtry, most of its speed is from the fact that it's essentially stuck to the ground. Um, I'll stop talking about Festival of Speed now. Yes, it is the Festival of Speed. Um, a bit of news I've just come across um, before I start recording is Jaguar Land Rover. Well, it's, it's going to be a Jaguar Land Rover badged plant. But this is initiated by Tata, who are the, who are the parent company of Jaguar Land Rover. Um, they've announced they're going to set up a gigafactory in uh, in Somerset in, um, in the UK, um, which will produce... On an annual basis, forty gigawatts of uh, of of batteries for cars, which equates to around eight hundred thousand batteries for electric vehicles, with uh, a battery of, of fifty kilowatt hours in, in size, um, which is an incredibly significant um, investment from Tata. Um, they're certainly putting a lot of eggs into um, the electric future basket. Um, that's a lot. Uh, Forty gigawatts. That's the DeLorean only needed one point two one gigawatts to go uh, back to the future, um, and to the past as well. Um, 
So maybe it's just a cloak and daggers um, thing for Tata to actually develop um, time travel. We shall see. Um, just thought I'd give you that bit of breaking news. You see, there is some actual interesting factual information in this podcast, not just me talking absolute bollocks uh, and going on absolute tangents and running away and not really being able to explain what I'm saying. Um, Formula One this weekend, after our, our, our small, tiny, there's a Lamborghini, Lamborghini VT um, that's just popped up my monitor in the background. Um, that's, a, it's, that's a cool looking car. You don't need a resto mod. That was um, at Bi- uh, Bister Heritage um, when I went to Bister Heritage there a few months ago. Don't know if I did that pre. Did I talk about Bister Heritage on the podcast? Either way, I was at Bister a few months ago. Fantastic. Lots of great shit there. Um, also, the Formula One is back this weekend. Uh, Hungary in the Hungaro Ring, um, which tends to. Uh, to give us some good racing over the years, there's always been some some interesting races. Um, where Esteban Ocon uh, took a surprise win a couple of years ago. Um, it was a great battle between uh, Alonso in the you know the the subpar Alpine, fending off um, uh, fending off Max Verstappen. No, sorry, not Max Verstappen. Um, Lewis Hamilton in the Mercedes. Um, it was, this was during the twenty twenty one. Um, title battle year um, between Lewis and Max and and uh, Fernando made it hard work for, for Lewis to get past him for several laps and um, worth looking up on YouTube if you can find it um, anyway yeah Hungaroring always, always well not always but generally uh, good racing a lot of the focus is going to be on uh, Daniel Ricciardo obviously making his return with Alfa Tauri. Um he's going to be he's going to be uh, he, he, the scrutineering is going to be strong for old Daniel. Um, I, you know, for those who who are not, who are who are probably who are possibly drive to survive, um, fans of Formula One, you know, have to understand he's not necessarily going to get into the car this weekend and blitz Yuki Tsunoda out of the bat, but if he can say at least within reason. Within a couple of tens of Yuki this weekend, I think he'll have done a good, a good enough job. Um, but the pressure is going to be on him, you know. By so there's 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 Hungary and then Spa. Those those two races, I wouldn't expect loads of things from him. Just to at least stay in touch with Yuki. Now, if he beats Yuki, it would be even greater achievement um, by Daniel. But if he can just stay in, in in close contention with Yuki, then have the summer break to sit in the simulator although they do have to shut down for two weeks I think it's mandatory shutdown for two weeks but then I think there's at least a week then I think it's a three week gap um, for the summer break um, so if you can come back after summer break and, and make inroads and and, and, and beat Yuki um, that, that'll be the that'll be all you need to achieve is to is to comprehensive not even comprehensive but at least um he needs, he needs to see out the year uh, comfortably ahead of Yuki um, for this to be a success for, for Daniel um, because that McLaren stint really did um, did did damage his uh, did damage his um, what's the fucking word I'm looking for his reputation um, but if he can come back strong it could be a nice uh, phoenix from the ashes story, but yeah, that's that's what's going to mainly be the focus. I think this weekend, Hungaroring. Um, 
I'm going to say it, make a bold claim and say this is going to be it's going to be the one weekend where Red Bull possibly maybe have a little bit of a, a doozy because um, they're bringing in one thing that they're like because no one's probably talked about this because it's all been done in Ricardo um, for the last week uh, this weekend they're going to be uh, trialling a, a new fucking qualifying format because they can't stop meddling um, but basically it's um, so for Q1 they have to use the hard com- hard compound compound tire Q2 they have to use the medium and then Q3 they have to use the soft if there is an Achilles heel in the, in the Red Bull which there really isn't but one of the things it's it's not quite as good at compared to some of the other cars is it's, it doesn't quite get temperature into its tires as quick as some of the other ones so in Q1 and Q2 some other cars might have a slight advantage by being out on those harder tires like for example the mclaren was great on the hard tire when everyone else was on softs at the british grand prix last um the weekend before last um now look probably in the end of the day max will probably be on pole position and he'll run run away with it but i'm just gonna make a ball claim and say this is the weekend where Fernando alonso takes his first win in several years um, because Max um, will have a bogey lap in Q2 and will start 15th and because it's not the easiest track to overtake in he'll make it to the podium but he won't be able to quite catch he might he'll catch Fernando but Fernando will use his classic defending to keep Max behind him in the last three laps of the race and it'll be a glorious Fernando Alonso on the top step Max Verstappen second and uh, Logan Sargent will be third. Obviously, that's all going to be completely wrong and a fairy tale. Um, I'm just having some wishful thinking. So, yeah, I look forward to watching some Formula One this weekend. Um, there was no Formula One weekend, gone. although Wimbledon was on. It wasn't that exciting, the, the men's final at Wimbledon? A, a, a five uh, set game. Um, I'm not going to talk about tennis. If you, if you didn't watch it, Shame on you! If you did watch it, you'll you'll realize and have shared the tension and drama that was that men's final. It was very interesting. Um, yeah, I, I haven't, as I promised at the start of the year, I was going to keep my finger on the pulse of most of the motorsport, the the, the high level motorsport. I just haven't been able to. I just I don't know how people do it. Um, like I have a, I have a very empty life. Sorry, it sounds so depressing, but I don't I don't I I work Monday to Friday. I don't have any children, you know, but I, I just I don't know where people find the time. I, I don't have enough time to, to do it all. So I don't know. I think that's why you have to become a, a motorsport journalist um, because it's your job to pay attention to all these things. Um, so, yeah, I haven't keeping up to date with, with the MotoGP. I've tried to keep my finger on the pulse with WRC, um, but... Being a diehard um, Formula One fan, uh, it's the Formula One that I I have most of my eyes on, um, which is a shame because a lot of other motorsports are actually better than Formula One. Um, it's just F one happens to be the biggest and most prolific, um, and uh, yeah, it's where our eyeballs are focused on. I'm going to start start wrapping this up now because it's been again utterly utterly bollocks, and I've been going for now fifty two minutes. I'm going to run. I think I rambled on for over an hour last week, so I'm going to at least try and keep this one under the hour. 
And so as is tradition, I'm going to round up with my, firstly, my classified find of the week. Um, This is up on Dundee. It's a 1991 Volkswagen Golf. Bear with me. I know some, you know, some people think golfs are just too, too cliche and boring. But it's a, sorry, I've got a hay fever. Um, Hence the sniffling. Uh, it's a it's a one point three golf CL nine ninety one I think hundred I haven't got the miles written down here but I think it's like a hundred nine thousand miles which is low considering the age immaculate condition it says it comes with a boatload of uh, spares it's uh, it's NCT'd which costs again or sorry NCT'd till April next year it's got fifty six euro road tax on it um, absolutely immaculate now the asking price is four and a half grand which some people are going to go that's quite a lot of money for a pretty rudimentary um, old golf. It does say he's open to um, reasonable offers. Tig is the name of the ad. Um, I think it's in Cork. Um, open to reasonable offers. Um, so there probably is some wiggle room there. But one, I think it's great that people keep some of the just run-of-the-mill golfs going because there's plenty of Mark One and Mark Two golf GTIs that have been kept, restored, kept alive. Whereas these Bogo ones have, you know, there's been less love for them and they've started to disappear. I love them, I hate them though. The Golf obviously is a very iconic every, every man car of the last, what, 50 years. Um, and also Volkswagen are soon to get rid of the Golf name. And I think when that happens, the love for old Golf is only going to increase. And again, whether you love them or hate them, the the Volkswagen scene and old Volkswagens especially and especially old golfs it's a big scene there's a lot of passionate people out there in the VW world so I think if you get that CL Golf 1.3 completely bog standard immaculate condition um, for four grand I don't think that's a bad place uh, to put your money because um, I don't think that's a car that's going to get a- any cheaper um, I think if anything, it'll it'll become an appreciating asset. Um, so that's my classified final of the week. It's a one done deal. Um, Nine ninety one Volkswagen Golf. You'll find it pretty quickly. Uh, my YouTube channel, not not exactly a a hidden gem, but if you're not aware of it, if you're an animal lover, um, the YouTube channel you can also get it on Instagram. I'm, I'm sure it's probably on TikTok and other places as well. But it's on YouTube. Um, the Dodo. If you're not familiar with the Dodo. Get get your tissues at the ready. It's it's these very it's these crippling, horrendously treated animals, which I know, don't bear with me here. These stories where these animals are saved and then loved, and you see them recuperate and come back with love and joy. There are these little like five to ten minute long videos of these stories. If you're an animal lover, it will absolutely warm your heart. So um yeah, if you're not aware of the dodo, check out the dodo if you love animals. Um then my song of the week, again it's kind of an album because you brought out a new album recently. Um it's Ben Howard. The song is um Couldn't Make It Up. Uh, it's the opening track on his new album, which is called Is It? Um I'm sure you're probably aware of Ben Howard from from a, f- a few years ago. His first two albums were commercially successful with very accessible um indie folk experimental music with, with lots of hits. He kind of, I've been a fan of him for a long time, but he, his, his follow-up to albums after that were quite 
Um, he went down a different musical avenue, which wasn't quite as accessible as, as the first two. And, you know, I enjoyed them, but they weren't as quite commercially and critically acclaimed as the first two. This new one he's come back with, I think is excellent. Some of the best work he's done in years. Um, I saw him live the night before the album came out. It was brilliant. Anyway, if you want to check out one of the tracks, the first track is Couldn't Make It Up. Um, if you like that track, you'll probably like the rest of the album. Um, so I'll stop talking now. Um, yeah, other than the Formula One, I don't think I have any other motoring joys um, in the uh, upcoming few days. Um, so hopefully I'll be back again next week. I do apologise again for this absolute ter- terrible rambling nonsense. But if you have, li- have listened and have been listening, I love you very much. Um, and until I speak to you again, BC, BC oh, Jesus Christ, this is why... I'm, I'm I'm a shambles. It's nine eleven. There you go. It's not. Oh, it's just gone nine twelve. Well, that's a Porsche as well. I'll stop talking. Be safe. Be well. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.